just want the song to end. Or you haven't heard a song like that before? There are people like that, they can sing. And I say, ah, was the person hearing it from a different source or the same music? But these people, this, they can sing and sometimes even better than the original. So we have to be happy with them and let them feel good. And thank the Lord for their lives. Amen. Can I kindly ask you to rise your feet as we read a scripture from Luke chapter 5 and from verse 1 to 11. We are reading from the... Can you do the New King James? That will be easier for me today. The New King James. Okay, let's all read it together. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Go on. Caught a great number of fish. The net was breaking. So they signaled the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they came to sink. When, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for from now on you will catch men. Verse 11, So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we desire to understand your word, to understand you, and above all, to live your word, and to be able to share your word. I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, will be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord my God, in Jesus' name, amen. Kindly take your seats. This afternoon, this morning into the noon, we're sharing shortly on when Jesus calls. When Jesus calls. 
The story we read is a picture of our Lord Jesus and how he called the first four disciples. When I read the passage before, the chapter before, I was wondering when Peter actually became a friend of Jesus. Because in chapter 4, we are told that Jesus actually went to the mother-in-law of Peter and healed her. Then in chapter 5, we are told that Jesus goes to the beachside to preach. And he borrows the boats and speaks to the multitude. And I'm wondering when and how Peter got to know that he was a sinner. And I thought that maybe when Jesus was preaching, he heard something. And the moment he heard it, he pricked his heart like it was on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. So he must have been considering making a decision to submit to Jesus. And this afternoon, this day, as we gather and we hear the word of God, may your consideration lead to an action. Hallelujah. Don't consider too long. But take an action. As soon as Jesus manifested the glory of God through the provision of fish for Peter, and he saw the might of God, the miracle, supernatural hand of God. The scripture said, Peter said, I am a sinner. I believe that the words that Jesus had preached in the course of preaching to the multitude touched him. Don't be stiff today. Don't be hard today. Hallelujah. For the scripture says that today, if you hear his word, Harden not your heart. As in the day of provocation. Hallelujah. Jesus calls different people from different backgrounds. And the first group we are seeing here is a group of people we call fishermen. And you see that their response was very swift. I don't know where the women who were buying the fish to go and prepare the fishmongers and others were. But as soon as Jesus, the, the last verse says, and they, when they came to land, they forsook all and followed him. This happened over 2,000 years ago. Today is your time. Tell your neighbor, today is your time. Peter is not here. Jesus is not physically here. But the Lord has located you. Amen. It's not the prince of Ghana who has located you. It's the Lord God himself. One friend of ours, a preacher was going through a lot of adversity. And a senior minister of the land told him, said, so, so and so, the prince of Ghana has located you. <laughs> Means you are going through affliction. May the prince of Ghana not locate you. But may Jesus locate you. You don't see Jesus. 
But the word we are reading is that he is coming up for your boat. And he's telling you that after using your boat, he wants to dump your boat and for, invite you. So the scripture said, after Jesus has spoken and they landed on the, at the shore, they brought their boats to land, they forsook all. If you are not careful, you will think that what they forsook was only the boat and the fish and all. I want to suggest to you that they forsook also their old nature. Hallelujah. Sometimes when Jesus is calling people, they look at themselves and say, look, well, how filthy I am, how bad I am, how wicked, how criminal, how negative, how low I am in society. Why is he calling me? How I cannot speak good English. How I don't fit. How I'm not honorable. I'm not noble. How I don't fit among the... No- you see, Peter and Cole, they were the fishermen. Raw. Temper- very, very bad temperament. Rushing. Always. In fact, even to the last minute, Jesus still had to deal with his temperament. When Jesus was arrested, we know that when uh, Marcus, the servant came and Jesus took the, 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 what do you call it, the knife and cut the ear. Even after what, it wasn't easy for him. He, stepped, he was always quick to answer. He was always quick to point out things, to judge. So, he had, this is forsaking is not the physical, just that he forsook the boat and the money and the fish, but even his acquaintances. He was glued to a society, a, a lifestyle, a culture. An attitude, a background, which positive and negative. Traits, which were not noble. But when Jesus invited him, he responded to the call. That's what the scripture says, for God commended his love to us as, in Romans 5 verse 8, in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, in that same chapter 5, towards the end, in verse 37, says, For I came not for the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. Hallelujah. When Jesus calls, when Jesus calls, what kind of people does he call? In that same chapter, we see Jesus, the Bible says, he passed by the customs office and he met a man called Levi or Levi, depending on which part of the Atlantic you come from. You come from America, you say Levi. When you come from Britain, you say Levi. Hallelujah. When, you, you, when the Americans say, Ain't I Christ? They don't mention tea. If you go to America, you are speaking English, you don't mention tea. You, you, they have a silent tea. When the Englishman is spelling Lester, he says, Le- Ghana man will say Leicester. Englishman will say Leicester. Hallelujah. So, he met a man called Levi. And he was sitting, in other words, his other name was Matthew. He wrote the gospel according to Matthew. 
And we all know the reputation of tax collectors. Jesus did not check him out whether, like Zacchaeus, do you owe anybody? Have you taken triple money? No, he just, he just said, hey, just as you are, let me come. Leave, I come. The man didn't have time to go and even render account to his area, zona, genre, boss. The Bible says he left the custom and he followed Jesus. He left all and rose up. Somebody will say, sometimes when we go and have evangelism, we invite people to come to church. I don't have clothes. I don't have this. And so, because we are, the, the whole thing has been leveled to make yourself good and ready to come before you can come. But this day, God is telling me something. He's telling you something. Just as you are, the critical thing is to decide that I will follow Jesus. Amen. So Levi, with all his the questions, and we read it from verse 28 to 36, 37. As Levi was so excited, how excited are you about your Jesus? The invitation was more important to him than what anybody thought. We say in Ghana that observers are worried, but believers are enjoying. Amen. It's not in the Bible, but it's in everyday language. Some of us, when they ask us to quote scriptures, we say, even God said, help, God help those who help themselves. It's not in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. As the Holy Word said, how the Holy Bible says, cleanliness, now it's what talk. It's not in the Bible. Amen. So the people were questioning, what is a good man who claims he's, a, he's God or he's a child of God doing amongst sinners like Levi's classmates? When Jesus calls, he doesn't look at your background, your identity, your limitations, your, the way your image because he's the image maker. He is the one that makes us. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, if you respond to the call, then you become a new Christian. So, so you, don't, you don't look at yourself first. No matter the load you have been carrying, he's saying that I've invited you. Yours is to say, Lord, here I am. One of the reasons why many people can't follow Jesus and are not able to come along, is that we believe in ourselves and the things we ought to do. He has done the work for us. Hallelujah. And he says that I want you to accept the work I've done. Amen. He left all. He rose up. That means he, before Jesus came, he was sitting down. He was down, depressed, low, disregarded, disrespected, not dignified, not accepted. When you rise 
it means you were down, you were sitting, or you were lying. And Jesus' invitation is to people who are lying low, who are feeling low, depressed. A woman who loved Jesus so much was near him, and everybody was criticizing. Say, if Jesus knew what kind of evil person, immoral person this was, he would not even associate. But Jesus called such a person. Say, ah, I've been with you all. This person, what she's doing, she's doing it prophetically against my day of death. Hallelujah. One of the limitations for us following Jesus most of the time is we don't see ourselves worthy to respond to the call. Some too feel too good. I don't need him. Levi could have done the same. I have all the money. I have all the influence. And in those days, tax collectors were very powerful because they were rich. But the scripture says that he left all. His main god or idol that was holding him back probably was the money. And when you have money, you have power. When you have power, many times you don't feel you need much. When you have money and power, many times you don't need much in this world. But at the same time, look at the contrast in that same chapter. Peter and Cole, they had nothing. Levi, in that same chapter, had everything. And yet Jesus invited them. Both. That is why in, 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 in the kingdom of God, in Christ, Paul said that all things that I am, all that I have, are count as but done. And what you also don't have, you count as nothing. Don't let what you don't have be your limitation to entering to Christ. Peter could have said, ah, Lord. You know, most of them were naked. You remember one, at one occasion, Jesus caught him and they, they were naked. He was naked. A fisherman. Very raw. Quite uncouth. Not well polished. And many times, many of us say, Oh, yeah, dear. We, are from, we glorify our poverty, our, 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 our demeaning value, and where the, all the negativity in our background, and we use it as an excuse not to come to Jesus. The same way the high-end people also say, Oh, we are too high. I'm too, I, don't, I, I'm, I have everything. I don't need him. Today, I'm not talking too long. He's inviting the high and he's inviting the low. Whatever you have used as the high point, your self-dignity, that makes you feel important. Jesus is saying that, Follow me. Follow me. One man who was very high in the Bible, intellectually, was the man we call Saul. In Acts, Acts chapter 8, the early verses, he's seen inspiring people to destroy the believers. And in chapter 9, we read the account of him encountering Jesus. Let's look at his encounter. I said, I'll try my best so that we can pray and call upon the Lord this day. Amen. 
in Acts chapter 9, from verse 1, says, And then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Hallelujah. Now, when you read his epistles, he tells you that he was a student of Gamaliel. So, to introduce him. And when you say a student of Gamaliel, a student of the law, the, Greek, the, Jew, the, the, the Jewish law of Moses. He was an expert. And don't forget that Israel was a somewhat a, a theocracy. So, more or less, you look at him as somebody who was a, a senior advocate of law in our current democracy, democratic dispensation. Well, we, 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 it's a secular system we have now. If we had a theocracy, he would also be a lawyer in that sense, a senior lawyer. And somebody like that, trained by, one, in those, as you know, in those days when people said they had practiced law, medicine, and all of those things, they didn't go to school. They used to have experts. Some experts who is senior in the profession who always have students and train them. They did that for a very long time in England and other parts of Europe. Medicine and, and, and law. That's how they learned it. So, he, Gamaliel was a real guru. Take it as maybe a retired Supreme Court judge. Now you are sitting in them and feeling very proud. Knowing all the letters. Knowing all the rules. And enforcing them. Then here comes Jesus in chapter 9. He asked letters of him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that he found, if he found any who were of the way, in other words, those who were Christians, who had followed Jesus, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was a zealot, a zealous lawyer, an advocate, let's say prosecutor general. He would go and prepare a case and justify why you should be killed for not following Jewish law or maybe even the Roman law, if need be. Find a way so that people will stone you. And he saw it really that it happened in the case of Stephen. Hallelujah. And the scripture says that, whilst he was on his way, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, a light shone around him. And then he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, this is very interesting. Why? I thought the invitation would be to only people who had problems. Why would Jesus invite also his enemies? So, number one, he invited Peter, who had nothing. Number two, he invited Levi, who had something. Here we see Jesus inviting, uh, engaging a man who is not about what they had, but something, somebody who opposed Jesus. Who didn't like to see Jesus? Who wanted to destroy the believers? Then Jesus asked him, why are you persecuting me? Terrorizing me, my people, my family. I find it very amazing. Then he goes on. Say, so who are you, Lord? Number one. Why did Paul recognize Jesus as Lord? The same way Peter recognized him as Lord. He, there was no sermon. There was no revelation. That you could say, in the case of Peter, you could tell 
that a miracle, at least his mother-in-law has been healed, number one. Number two, Jesus borrowed the boat and preached. Amen? Now here is Saul, who is going out to destroy a man, or his people, Jesus' disciples. Then he encounters Jesus. He doesn't know it is Jesus. There is a point there. See, sometimes, when Paul writes in the book of uh, Corinthians, in chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, he says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, I now understand. Amen. See, sometimes, people come to the Lord without really knowing which Lord they really are coming to. The scales unfold before you really know. But the critical thing is that you must have a humble heart enough to know that Ezeuze, that some power is greater than some power. That is what I operated. He saw, he identified that, ah, which voice or which power will knock me down in the course of the day with such authority? I have authority from the, 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 the high priest. I have authority from the rulers of the time. But this authority, this one that is speaking to me, number one, he is speaking, I don't see him. Number two, he has the power to knock me down, to make me useless. He shuts me off. If you will not believe on Jesus or the priest or the pastor at all, believe even the very signs. And submit to Jesus for the sake of that. Hallelujah. And when you submit like Saul did, then he says, now go, I am Jesus. He reveals himself. That is what we call progressive revelation of God. When God encountered Moses, Moses didn't know God the way we know him today. But when God spoke and he saw the supernatural element, aspect of God, he quickly surrendered. Don't be stiff. Don't be hard. Relax yourself in the Lord. Fear God small. Allow God to have his way. This morning, Pastor Bimbo spoke about the fear of God. Let in your heart and your mind, GBBD, don't be too hard in life. Don't be too stiff in your faith. And say, Me, I know this philosophy. I know that. So, even if miracle, the Lord is working something, the Lord is showing you that He is God, don't resist. If for nothing at all, Jesus said, if for nothing at all, for the sign's sake, believe me. Hallelujah. So here is Saul. He had not yet heard any preaching. But just the fear, the presence, the awesome presence of God. Beloved, we must learn to fear, to, 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 to re, know, revere God in a certain way. We mustn't take it for granted. Oh, oh, oh. Any, eh, 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 me, unless I encounter this, unless I, I show me physically God before I believe. No, don't go there. Don't go there. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. So he didn't know that it was Jesus. But he acknowledged that something was higher than the authority from the high priest. He acknowledged that he was not all in all. Beloved, if you are going to be saved and to follow Jesus, 
you must, we must strip ourselves of all our sense of knowledge, our sense of importance, our sense of what we do, where, where we think we are going, what we think we know, what we think we can do, and who can help us, and who cannot help us. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Piercing stuff. You can't survive. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Quickly, he changes his loyalty. Now, I'm no longer a servant of the high priest. I want to be your servant. Today, may somebody say, I don't want to be a servant of any other power, but a servant of Jesus. Say, Amen. Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. And you will be told. Now, look at the man who has authority and exercises authority over people's life. He can determine whether people will die or live. Now, he's been told that go to somebody you don't know. He will show you how to live. What you must do. No better point of submission than this. When Jesus calls you to follow, when Jesus calls, he is calling us to a life of submission. He is calling us to a life where that, that, I'm in control. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. This language, there are many believers who, I'm talking to believers and young people who want to come to Christ. This language, there are many of us, we are going through struggles because we know too much of what we are doing. We know that we are doing too much. Is it Mary McGee who wrote a song? Give it all, give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. And all that. Learn to give it to Jesus if you are following him. You can't hold on and still follow Jesus. And there are many, one of the reasons why many of us have been labeled Christians, but have not seen the progress in Christianity, in following Christ, because we are holding on to too many things. We have defined that I will be a Christian, but when it comes to my extended family life, Jesus, you that one don't go there because the way my people are, please, that one I don't want trouble. So you just deal with me according to my Akra life. When it comes to my career, you don't, that one, that one, me and you, we, we, we will deal with it another time. We'll behave like the, 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 is it some of the Athenians or some of the people that Paul spoke to who said that we will hear of this another day. So we have compartmentalized our lives and said, this one is for Jesus. That one I can work. I, if it's about clapping, dancing, Sunday worship, and so on and so forth, I'm with you. But this part of my life, how I make my money, you stay there. Don't, don't come. Don't come. Don't worry. I was listening to, a, 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 you know, some of this gospel music in quotes. And uh, there's a Niger, Nigerian thing, group of songs that they play. One of them. And I heard a guy uh, saying in a song, he was talking about the days of the week. He said, Monday I do this, Tuesday I do this. Then I heard him say that on Friday and then I think Saturday, he goes to the club. <laughs> he, he plays at the club. Then he says, but the best day he likes is the Sunday where he comes to church. I said, oh no, this guy. I checked about the background and I found out that he's a very secular musician 
who has just composed a so-called gospel music. So in his mind, he's not willing, as for his club life, Onje Mukra, he has to be allowed to clap well, well, and still be a Christian, follow Christ and clap. And Christ must understand. I'll follow you, but I want to, that, that, how I make my money, whether by clubbing or by galamse or whatever, that one, God understands. Amen. But we read here, the Lord asked Peter, um, Saul, go to a certain man you don't know, and he will show you one of the things about following Jesus is that you suddenly, everybody becomes, last day I thought that we all become students. It's a school. We strip ourselves all our knowledge, all our skills, all our abilities, and we become students. We start afresh. We start from the kindergarten, KG. Otherwise, we can't grow. Otherwise, Peter will not say, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world. Whether I'm 80 years, 70 years, 60 years, whether I have a master's, a PhD, or whatever, when I come to Christ, I'm a child. I cannot follow Christ if I'm still holding on to it because I'm, I'm from this royalty or that background. So you, you, I'll follow you only when it comes to this time. Sunday, I'll come and clap. Or when you make me like this, then I'll come with you. When Jesus calls, when he calls, calling three, we've shown three or four different kinds of people. He called Peter. Who was a fisherman with his friends. He called Levi, the taxman who was tied to money. Then Jesus called Saul, his own enemy, the enemy of Jesus. Saul, who fought Jesus. An intellectual, a big guy in society. Jesus called him also. He called a woman who everybody called a sinner. He called a woman of Samaria who had had many men coming from a background which was not palatable. But Jesus called her too. In the mix was Cornelius. In the mix was Nicodemus. The Bible says, and a man called Nicodemus. A religious man who was learned in the way of God. Jesus called him. He came to Jesus that night. And Jesus told him, except a man be born again, he cannot enter. He's calling you from a different world. Every category that we are talking about is here today. Every type of person that Jesus called is here today. Amen. Now, question. What was he calling them for? He was calling sinners unto repentance. In Luke 5, 32. Luke 5, verse 32. All of them, irrespective of what they had achieved in life. Luke 5, verse 32. Says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners Unto repent. All the people he called, whether they were religious or good or bad, Jesus, in his understanding, is that 
No matter how much ritualistic they were, we all have been to churches, we are doing all kinds of things in the name of God. All that we did, it amounts to nothing. Until the call, we are all, or we are all, we are all lost. We are all sinners. Hallelujah. No matter how much piety you showed. Then he says in the same chapter, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Anybody who knows where he's going cannot follow Jesus. Unless you admit that you are lost. No matter how, some people, oh, I know my word is my bond. I know what, I don't, I, me, I don't mess up with my time. I, I, all the things put together. Accept that you don't know. You don't know anything. You don't know where you are going. You are lost even though you think you know where you are going. Sometimes our philosophies of our, of our religion, we've read different books, we've practiced them, we've been in church for long. And it makes you think that you know God. But you don't really know Him. So Jesus, everybody Jesus invited, including Paul or Saul, who had been a religious person, was lost. Because Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. It means that Saul was lost. Levi was lost. Peter was lost. Everybody he invited, the woman was lost. And you may be sitting here today. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you because you are lost. And allow him to find you today. Amen. He's calling you because you are weary. You don't feel physically tired. But in Matthew eleven twenty, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You are looking for solution. But he's offering you a solution in life. And solution, Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in abundance of things he has. It's not about whether you, you, you have enough budget in your home, you have many cars, many houses, and many plans, and your retirement is intact. It's not about that. It's more than that. He's saying to you, are you weary? You are seeking God. You think you know God, but you, he says, you don't know me yet. I want to reveal myself to you. You have been seeking, moving from religious environment to the other. Prophet to prophet. Teacher to teacher. Books after books. Today, the scripture says in the, in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. What do I do? Say, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. As in the day of provocation. Hallelujah. Hebrews 3.15 Don't harden your heart. Go, go home. Soften your heart. Jesus says, whatever you are holding on to, leave it. In other words, stop being attached to it. He's not everybody who call to follow him full time. But even if he calls you in your secular environment, let your emotional attachment to whatever you are doing, professionally, as a vocation, or as a lifestyle, be willing to let go and have an assurance that you are holding on to someone more secure. Amen. What are you leaving behind? What are you, Jesus is calling you. What are you willing to leave behind? What are you not willing to leave behind? Everybody Jesus called had to leave something. So, his life was even in danger. Because he had to leave the Judaism behind. 
There is something God wants you to do. Some of us have to leave some ambitions behind. Some dreams behind. Some kind of association. Some friends behind. What are you willing to leave behind as you seek to follow Jesus? And after leaving behind, we see they believed on Jesus. Paul told the the, 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 the prison warden believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today and you shall be saved you and your household and we know that Romans talks about this you are not leaving things behind into vacuum you are leaving behind to believe on the Lord Jesus hallelujah and as you believe on him you receive him. You receive him by your confession. You receive him by your declaration. By you, you, you receive him by your association with the things of God. And you decide, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to put behind me the past. Even if people say it's great, there is a greater future ahead. This afternoon, as we bow our heads in prayer, as we consider the call, I don't know where you are, whether you are at the beachside that Jesus is calling you, or you are at the task collector's office, or you are even in a religious setting, Jesus is calling you. Wherever you are, He's calling you to follow Him. He's not calling you just to solve your problem. He will solve your needs. Say, if you are weary, come to me. Drink. If you are thirsty. He's calling you to quench your test and to quench your hunger. Say, Lord, I'm responding. 